was a nice. We had a nice. That was going nice. That, that was a nice one. All right, clap on the bass. One, two, three. Niggas can't count. <laughs> Welcome back. Alright, man. No so <laughs> Welcome back, niggas. <laughs> Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the We Ain't Gonna Hold Your Podcast. I am DJ and I'm here with my other great host. We got my boy uh Petey. We got my boy Dexter. I want you guys to follow us. Follow us on Instagram at Ain't Gonna Hold Your Podcast. Also, give us a like on Facebook. Interact with the content that we uh, that we release. But more importantly, guys, we see the uh, likes, the stars that you're providing us on uh, Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate mm-hmm. you guys sharing the uh, podcast as well. But the biggest thing that you can continue to do with every new episode that drops, like and continue to share with your friends and family. We got a growing community with you guys now. We got a pretty nice community. We're up to 100-plus folks following us on Instagram. We got 300-plus folks uh, following us on uh, Facebook. We're appreciative of every single one of you guys. Mm-hmm. But remember, we're trying to quit our jobs. We don't want to fucking work anymore. So the only way that we can do that is if all of you guys spends 1000 bucks per uh a 1000 bucks per episode, 1000 bucks per episode, just cash out me personally. I'll make sure, you know, at least 600 of it gets back to the rest of the team, guys. Just send $1,000 and we can quit our jobs. Also, we heard your we heard your request. We are back away from the studio. Yes, we did hear that. I got to gotta kind of make an acknowledgement, guys. The studio is fire. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to lie. It's a great looking studio, but uh, the engineers don't really know how to really record podcasts too well. So uh, one episode, we sounded like Alvin and the Chipmunks. And then the other episode, you guys, I, I know a lot of your speakers are now broken because of us. Uh, my apologies. We're going to get the studio situation back when we back at our base camp. You know what I'm saying? We back at our home. And that's no shade to base camp. You guys uh, rock, I guess. I they do. Know. They were cool people. We yeah. just couldn't get the product right. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's it's a horrible, horrible review that we're giving. But. You know, <laughs> it's like, yo, use them, but don't use them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at our quick uh, hot takes. Uh, hot take one. Uh, no knock warrants. What's your thoughts? I mean, can we can somebody explain what no knock warrants are? I believe it's when SWAT mm-hmm. teams or somebody don't have to knock on your door to enter for a warrant. I'm guessing I'm going by the name. Um, right. And they're probably used for dangerous people or, you know, like serving a, a violent warrant. I'm Not guessing. particularly. Really? I don't I feel like and I think that's where my issue comes in more than anything else is like uh, Amir. What was his last name? Um, I know exactly. Somebody yeah, uh, the dude in it. Minneapolis. First of all, we got to talk about I don't know what's going what on it? in Minneapolis with the a police Minnesota department, in Minnesota. Like um, you got Jordan. um what was the guy's name who they shot in the in the van? I'm not too sure what his name was. I know there was Philando Castile. Philando Castile. There's George Floyd. Um, there was the dude Jordan. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but he was shot in his in his car. Now you got Amir, uh, and there was a, actually a white woman who was killed by the police a while ago in Minneapolis as well. Was she from so, South Africa or something like that? I don't even remember. Oh, the like, police officer was South Africa? Yeah, police. it's like a lot of stuff. But, you know, the, I don't know what Minnesota's issue is, but y'all got to get it. Oh, and of course, Kyle Rittenhouse killed two people in Minnesota as well uh, by way of Wisconsin. So 
Or so the textbook definition before we get into the uh, story from Minnesota is a no knock warrant is a search warrant authorizing police officers to enter certain premises without first knocking and announcing their presence or purpose prior to entering the premise. That just seems like a setup for failure for everyone. Yeah, it, it just seems like a setup for failure for anyone. Um, it's like, why would you not expect him to have a gun in his house? And my thing is, like, if if you have the wrong address, right, mm-hmm. or you're targeting the wrong person, let's say homie has been preparing for this. He's like a survivalist, right? Mm-hmm. AK-47s, advanced security systems watching his home, and mm-hmm. he is sitting there at the door with the chopper ready for the police to come in, and he fucking mows them down. Should he be held liable? I mean, that was the situation with um, Breonna Taylor, where the boyfriend, right? Um, he fired back because you didn't know who was actually breaching their their apartment and he was he was charged was he not he was charged but he was later released they ended up dropping the charges but my thing is i'm talking about like survivalists like we're familiar with louisiana we Mm -hmm. know that we have a lot of guns here let's say they're they're doing a no-knock warrant on my next door neighbor right he had an alarm security system just like me i think he's ex-military too so he's got like mad guns let's say they're looking for me for some reason and they knock on his shit Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure him and his whole family gonna be toting pistols and choppers ready to blow everybody's fucking head off but, that walks through that door. But they but they've already done the analysis on who is who's more than likely gonna be there. Apparently not because they were in the wrong house. Like, Again. Like, which so, one? You talking about Breonna Taylor? I'm talking oh, about Amir, yeah. Oh well, yeah. Even in the Breonna Taylor situation, that wasn't the right house for them to be in. It, right. it, was, it wasn't the house. The person that they were looking for was already which, in custody. Again, how they do you not right how do you not know that? You right. know? No, they 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 were in the right house not because he was supposed to be there, right? Like it was because Brianna had some kind of connection to him or something. Exactly. Okay. So that was like an ex boyfriend of hers or some sort, and they just didn't update the information. So the intel that they had was old, and they were operating from that. So I, I think this leads to a, a broader conversation of police continue to make mistakes and are not held accountable. Like you don't right. get to you don't get to shoot somebody and be like, "Oops, I have the wrong information." You know, like that's not the way right. that, that should work. Um, but specifically with this, with this Amir, this Amir guy, you know, my guy, first of all, they were on the seventh floor. If I read that right, why, yeah. why are you executing a no knock warrant on a seventh floor? Where's yeah. he going? Where's he going to go? And then there's so many things that can go wrong in this situation. Yeah. You shoot wrong in one direction. You might hit the next apartment. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're going into somebody's like personal, like single family residence. Right. You're going into an apartment complex. Which, you know, one mistake, you're killing the next door neighbor. And it's not a video game. They're not going to respawn at the hospital with mm-hmm. less than $500 like it's Grand Theft. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. real life. Yeah. Yeah. It'll get dicey. I mean, I, do I agree with it? I mean, no. It was it's horrible, but. Y'all want to hear my high take on this? Give it. Those officers will not face a second of scrutiny from any real institution that matters nor would any of them spend any jail time because the first thing I saw when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, they got a gun. Like, that's all they need to see. Yeah. That That's it. That's all they needed for Tamir Rice, right? Like, it doesn't matter. He's he, it, It's a terrible system. Uh, No-knock warrants are, in general, uh, they're unsafe for the citizen. They're unsafe for the police. And I, I mean, to me personally, just because you announce yourself as the police, especially if I'm just waking up, right? Yeah. 
just because you announce yourself as a police doesn't mean that I am of the moment to be able to like process, process that information. Exactly what you're right? Yeah, like what I'm, I'm just waking up to yeah. someone breaking down my door. Exactly. <clears throat> I mean, exactly. And, and gotta, I don't fault him for that. And we gotta admit too, like even if it's on a a knock warrant or like in certain places where folks live and shit, it's like okay. Police put put some type of fear into you. Our our day to day interactions with the most part with police officers for the most part. Like I hate when the tax assessor comes to my house. It's a fucking police officer knocking on your door to provide you your tax papers. Like why the fuck are you doing this? Yeah, I don't know. They like, do that in Walker. They don't do that in, in this side of town. Uh-uh. I've never, seen, I've never <laughs> yeah. seen a policeman get they, taxes. They, <laughs> they literally pull up to the crib and, and deliver taxes. I ain't gonna hold you. One day, you know, I had a little weed. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting ready to roll up and I. This is the first time it's ever happened because, you know, my, my wife has been living there and I, mm-hmm. I just got there. So I hear a little knock at the door. I look on the little security camera on the phone. Like, what the fuck? Did they just know I opened weed? <laughs> 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 so I'm flushing shit down the toilet. Just a minute. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, so I want to get back to the second half of the, um, the no-knock warrant thing, right? So... Mm-hmm. Uh, This is from the Legal Information Institute from the Cornell Law Law School. So it says, according to the Department of Justice, although officers need not take affirmative steps to make an independent re-verification of the circumstances already recognized by a, what is this, magistrate? Magistrate. Magistrate. Mm -hmm. Magistrate in issuing a no-knock warrant. Such a warrant does not entitle officers to disregard reliable information, clearly negating the existence of extension circumstances when they actually receive such information before the uh, the execution of the warrant. So basically it's saying it's not the police's fault if they get wrong information and it's not their responsibility to make sure the information is up to date. They have Correct. to move on whatever the pertinent information is at, at the time, time, which yeah. is a problem, right? It, it's a problem. It's why police officers so regularly violate constitutional rights is because they don't they're not required to know the constitutional rights right like it, it, it it's amazing to me that offers are like you have to provide your id even in the state of louisiana my uncle who's a state trooper was like if i ask you for your id you have to supply it no I that's don't. not legal that's it's not, not legal. legal he was like he was like yes it is i was like no it's not you have to you have to have a reasonable articulable suspicion of something that I'm doing and looking suspicious isn't a reasonable articulable articulable suspicion you have to say you know, it looked like you were trespassing. Or- but they also use the ignorance of minorities in the public to um, to take advantage of that circumstance to and do whatever they want. And it's also a life and death situation too, if you really it think about be. it, right? Mm-hmm. Like take the uh, take the gentleman from was it Monroe or Shreveport, the Ron, Ron, uh, Ronald, yeah. Ronald Green, yeah. right? Yeah. So we've all heard over the past like five years how bad things are turning out with state police in the northern part of Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Like, I try my hardest not to travel to those particular areas. Mm -hmm. But there's so many additional cover-ups. Like, in his situation, the goddamn governor's involved now. The the, the alleged Democratic governor fucking piece of shit John (laughs) Bell dipshit Edwards. I don't fuck with any Democrats or Republicans for this state. You're all equally trash except Mm -hmm. for Gary Chambers. You have my vote. Mm -hmm. This is not an endorsement of the podcast. It's an endorsement of me, personally. I mean, there you go. I mean, it's, it's a dangerous situation like when your state police like try to cover up so much as what they're covering up now. And then you also have powerful figures like the governor, like Minnesota should be a textbook definition of, Hey, regardless of how many protests we have, regardless of how much legislation we get, uh, we try to get changed. Mm-hmm. Are they going to keep killing black folks there? 
Like yeah. they're going to continue to like, do that. Like the female officer who who shot and killed that guy, going back to his vehicle because they said he was he had a knife in his hand. He had a weapon, and <laughs> it was nothing. So no, that was that was in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That was in Minnesota too. They killed so many of us in Minnesota. It's like, damn, was it this one, that one, the other one, the fifth one, the <laughs> yeah, seventh like they don't, one? They, they're not. They're not learning from. I mean, from they got a quota. I mean, to me, to it, kill black people. Yeah, it's probably a quota. It seems like they're I just so ill trained. I mean, the Philando Castile is probably, and of course George Floyd, but the Philando Castile is probably one of the more obvious ones. Of you asked him if he had a gun, he, he said this. yes, and you shot him. And then when you when he asked you why you shot him, you're like, I, I don't, don't know. know. He was panicking. I don't but know. But that's yeah. not training. It's not training though. I think it's a matter of fear. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, me and my dad was speaking about this before, and I asked him. Just particularly, you know, if, if you police well, do you find yourself in harm? No. But also, are you from the community that you're policing? Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, they are not. So, mm-hmm. well, and I think that there are certain people built for this. I mean, y'all know me well enough to know that I pretty much fear nothing. Right. Like I'm always pretty calm and collected. Don't do this. Commitment. Um, <laughs> commitment. <laughs> yeah. Intimacy. Commitment. Love. <laughs> Feelings. Emotions. Which I guess that would make me a good police officer. As far as like. <laughs> nah, not particularly. <laughs> I mean, what do you mean? I don't want, I don't want to meet you hey, at a traffic he stop. Would, he would always hit his quota. He would always hit his quota. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, I, I don't care your baby just died. <laughs> Why are you speeding? <laughs> in those situations, I tend to be like, and I've been in a few, you know, tense situations just because of where I'm from and a couple of a couple of things I got myself into when I was younger. Yeah. But even so, like, I never lose cool. I'm always just kind of like, you know, let's just let's solve the problem. And and that's what you need in policing. Um, oh, OK, my bad. Um, yeah. So. I think that they're just the wrong people. And there was actually a podcast that talked about the the hiring practices of uh, police officers. Somebody did a it was like two separate. It was two separate uh, job listings in the paper. One of them was geared towards like, you know, you want to be a leader. You want to do this, you know, kind of playing towards the violence in the community or being violent. And then the other one was like much more. Hey, you want to make a difference? You want to, you know, help people, blah, blah, blah. And it brought out more people who were were a little more even tempered and a little more cool. And the first one got the bros, you know, the yeah. ones that want to cosplay being a cop. And there's definitely yeah. Yeah. there's yeah. they want to they want to put body armor on and yeah. get in the tank. Exactly. The, tank? the ones yeah. the ones who were excited to execute no knock warrants. Right. Like who is excited to execute a no knock warrant? That, that it doesn't seem like something that you should be getting up for right. every morning. And that's and I guess that's the the weirdness about it all. You ever realize how militaristic like the police approach to not a no knock warrants are? Mm-hmm. Like, is there like some type of percentage of casualties well, I mean, that's acceptable? I think from their point of view, they may be meeting Daffy Duck or they may be meeting Al Qaeda representative. So mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe they're ready for both. But I'm saying like, there's got to be better ways. Like if. Take, for example, right, if you go to street crimes, right? Like in Baton Rouge, a lot of that? them, like street crimes. What is that? Like just somebody getting killed on the street by another nigga. Like, oh, this is talking about like a, like a website, like streetcrimes.com. I don't know what, <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> but, I mean, take take how like people get the drop on folks, right? Like they yeah. see somebody, like take the young Dolph situation. They mm-hmm. didn't kill Dolph kids and God rest the dead. I ain't trying to say. Oh, but they followed him. That was a plan. Right. Was a plan that, that's what I'm saying. Like they can follow you around. 
They can know when to get the drop on you to mm-hmm. when it's casual, like very low amounts of casualties that can that can be had, right? Mm-hmm. Why aren't the police officers taking these same precautions? <laughs> it's like it's like no, you know what? what? I don't care if his baby's in the bed sleep. I'm gonna throw a flash grenade in the bed yeah. <laughs> no, with the right. baby. I mean, like, but, what? I mean, but those are different circumstances. So you know where they're gonna be. How are you gonna take the same precautions for someone? What's surveillance? Surveillance. Get it. Hop in them vans that what? we see on the TV shows all the time. Surveillance who? The, the target. What the hell? Speaking of, there's this great podcast, y'all, called On Our Watch that you should all take a listen to. I'm a shout out endorsing another podcast on, on our podcast. But it is about in California, they passed a law that made all of the um, police officer reprimandations, the, mm-hmm. the internal investigation mm-hmm. um, results and findings, public record. And so it goes through all of these different cases of what actually happened, including the interviews that the police had with the internal investigation folks. It goes through some of the discipline, what happened in the court system, like all of that through, I think it's like nine or 10 cases and it is crazy to listen to, like, how the internal investigations um, actually work. It's called On Our Watch. It's fantastic. Y'all go listen because it, like, when I was listening to it, I was like, ain't no way that's going to work. Ain't no, ain't, no, ain't no way that And then I was like, holy shit. That, how did how, that work? Like, so learning the difference in internal investigations was a, a new thing for me. But, Brandon, what you, what you got? I see you with the mic over there. Oh, yeah. We're about to go ahead and segue to our next uh, hot take. Uh, so, you know, recently with, uh, with the whole notion around HBCUs receiving a lot of more attention, mm-hmm. we also see that we were getting negative attention as well with uh, bomb threats and everything. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? As the only current HBCU student here, did you ever go to an HBCU? No, I did not. I didn't go to Southern. Fucking Poser. Is it, calm down. Poser. <laughs> hey, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Everybody in here except you went to the HBCU. I didn't know what an HBCU was until I came to Louisiana. Okay, that makes sense. Um, they, I mean, they only exist from like the Mason-Dixon line down, right? Yep. There's none out west and none up north, I don't believe. They got some in the Midwest, like Central They got West. some in the Midwest? Uh, Ohio, they is do? Ohio considered? Ohio. There's one in Ohio? Okay. Uh-huh. Wilber, no, Wilberforce is in Tennessee. So, but it, but it's safe to say. Is, is, no, is Hampton though? Yeah. So it's safe to say most of them fall under. Where's Hampton, Virginia? Yeah. Yeah. Is it safe to say that most of them fall under like the Virginia, Maryland line? But basically? Virginia, is yeah. Virginia technically, is Virginia really south? Yeah, it is. I, I think it's more south than North Carolina is personally, but you know. Really? Yeah. <laughs> All I, look, if you fall with the Confederacy outside of the weird sections of I mean, of Tennessee, Missouri was in the Confederacy, and they're, they're the next state next to Illinois. So. Midwest. Or yeah, that's, some people might consider Missouri to be, what, Mid-South? The Missouri and Arkansas border, definitely, that's Ozark. But Missouri Missouri is different because that's where the Missouri Compromise comes in, right? So yeah. they could have slavery, Kansas didn't, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it, that's whatever. But as the only Southern student, you know, HBCU current student, um, while I do not like while I do not like bomb threats being made to my school, the day off was nice. <laughs> not gonna lie. That, was, that was a silver lining. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the All day right. off, the day off was great. But I'm curious since you you've had the least amount of like, are you do you want to read something real quick? No, we just okay. found that there was an HBCU in Los Angeles. It's weird. What? It's the Charles Ardrey University of Medicine and Science. Interesting. What? It's the crazy. only that's one crazy. outside of the uh, South and Southeast. Wow. In the Midwest. That's great. Y'all know there's another one in North Baton Rouge that's no longer Leland College. Leland College. Yeah. Leland? I Leland. heard of that. Actually. Yeah. Leland College was the university that, and we'll get back into the bomb thirst, but Leland College was an interesting thing. It was the 
university that a lot of our older tenured professors went to mm-hmm. and the state decided to give us something. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> they kind of was like, ooh, new shiny building. And, yeah. uh, they left Leland. There's still like a, um, a, a stone outside of Leland College, like where the okay. gates are, where you can see where it's at Leland College. So, yeah. It's a cool little fun fact. I mean, I guess I guess the interpretation is that they, they really don't want us to uh, to uh, get an education and uh, get further in debt. So, I kind of. I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't go that far. I would say that they don't, it, it and we're going to talk about this later, white people and America in general thinks that if something isn't centered around them, then it shouldn't exist. Right. Well, yeah. And so I don't even think that they hate HBCUs. I think it's more like, well, why aren't they white? Historically, it's, it's, like, well, yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But, they, but they don't recognize Every other that. School. They don't recognize that because <laughs> right. they didn't have to. It wasn't an effort to create it, which is the point of Black History Month. LSU was just created as a university. That white people went to. It right. never it never really needed to be said that white people are going to go here. They made an exclusion for everyone else. Exactly. But white people. And so, so, just, and so now it's like, and, and I had this argument a few months ago. Um, somebody was saying that we should get rid of HBCUs. And my argument is like, well, if you go to Southern University, you've been there. And you go into the law center. What's the what's that note on the, on the wall at the law center there? You know, you ever read it? Never been to the law center. The law center has a note from the 1960s. That basically says um, it's some guy who was applying to go to um, Southern University. I'm sorry to go to LSU. Hold on, y'all. My mic is messing up. Uh, but, that's that note from the LSU's president. Right? Yeah. And the note says, hey, in, in so many words, hey, like you should. Why are you applying to us? You need to be applying to the Negro College in North Baton Rouge. That was in 1960 something. Um, that's when my mom was born. And so you go from that to now you're OK with black folks being a part of your university. But here's my question. I'm going to ask you this, Chris, because, all right, so you've been chasing this baddie for years. You've been chasing this baddie for years. She ain't ain't giving you no play, right? After two or three years, you know, you meet someone, you fall in love, you have kids, you know, got kids, they get on to college, and, you know, you just have the most blissful life and and everything is going well. And the baddie comes out the woodwork and is Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you know what? It's cool now. I'm good. You can come be with me. You leaving your happy life to go with that? No. No. So why in the fuck would you think? (laughs) Why in the fuck would you think that after years of excluding black people from your school and then we go and create these generational graduates and these traditions and all of that, that we're supposed to drop what we're doing and what we've accomplished to go be a part of your school and your organization because you're now ready for us to be there. Fuck you. Fuck LSU. Well, no, so listen, listen, the marker, I think whether whether we want to say it or not, our our template as to what is you know, what is acceptable and what is what is the best mm-hmm. is judged by most of white institutions or white yeah. white social constructs, right? I so, will say that, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? So like, you know, no one no one cares like if you're wearing that black particular brand, but you know, if you get Gucci, you get Louis Vuitton, you're noticeable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like what's that new brand? It's called Taft. It's like the the new thing that the women are wearing now. It's a black owned designer. Does a lot of handbags and accessories. And I like that we're we're steering into more more actual avenues that are specific to black owners instead of, you know, we're, we're having to always always have to judge ourselves based around what they are doing. And that's the difference. So, I mean, and they know that, you know what I mean? All the all the, the institutions are based around, well, what school did you go to? 
Yeah. Well, who do you know? And, and I feel and like don't don't mention somebody black because you know. Yeah. I feel like the, a lot of those associations and those connections are starting to change, though, man. Because there's a documentary that came out that was uh, discussing the cheating scandal. It was on either Netflix or HBO. It was on Max. Netflix about getting the the applicants. Yeah, pay, taking the test for yeah. them, paying mm-hmm. the money to get the names on the buildings and all that yeah. stuff. So they had a lot of scholars on this particular show that talked about the obsession that America has with Ivy League schools, right? Mm-hmm. There's this weird obsession yeah. that people have for a Harvard education, a Cornell education. You want to get into that 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 nice law firm that only that only picks people from Harvard. Right. So but then they brought up the fact that there's no real merit behind any of the studies that name this a top university. Like, right. it's a prestigious university. It's a great university. Mm-hmm. Well, what makes it great? It's not the academics of it, because there's studies that show that students that go to uh, HBCUs and partic- uh, participate in certain fields, such as nursing and law centers, tend to have better careers and make more money when they mm-hmm. leave these particular places. So it's not anything tied to finance if you get outside of the, okay, because you went to Cornell, I'll hire you at this Cornell alumni-based um, uh, law firm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the prestige that people put on white colleges is just based on history. It's not based on the actual output of students. Right. So a lot of folks have that obsession with, I want to, uh, I want to go to Harvard. I want to go to Cornell. No, I'll go yeah. to, I'll go Stanford. to Southern. I'll go to, I'll go to Southern. I'll go to Xavier. I'll, I ain't going to Gremlin. Fuck that. They yeah, ain't fuck got that. a lot Also of Stanford technically is an Ivy league school. It's just yeah. a really good school. Just throwing that out there. Cause Stanford right. was one of my dream schools. I don't know, man. Like, but with these bomb yeah, threats, Issa went to Issa did go there. Yeah, mm-hmm. with these bomb threats, uh, y'all were telling me they found out who did it. I didn't know that it was discovered who did so it. Either. They um they didn't necessarily found out who did it. Mm-hmm. I, they found out what it was a person, a part of a particular organization that's been targeting these particular schools. So. Mm-hmm. The guy said that uh, they've been making threats and saying that they've been leaving bags around the school. Apparently, um, it's not true that they're not leaving items or anything mm-hmm. like that. They're just pretty much getting the schools in a frenzy. But he did confirm they don't have any identities released on the person. But the person in question did say that they're a part of a neo-Nazi terrorist organization here on the state's grounds. And they want to antagonize people who are part of HBCUs and they're particularly targeting schools in the South. So... Like what it's, does that accomplish? Like that, why when 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 neo Nazis or racists do stuff, I'm always just like, "What's your end goal here, man?" Like right. we just minding our business, going to school. We literally went to a school away from yeah. you. We like you should want HBCUs right. because it means you know, right? No race mingling. Yeah. Exactly. But it, it ain't for us to understand. It's just another in a long line of why black folks have much more to fear from. White folks than the than the than the, the opposite because you know, like how many times have black folks interrupted white children's or college students' mm-hmm. education? Right. Yeah, like right. when is, I don't when like is that you're in shop class on a Tuesday. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like I, don't, like, like I don't care. I mean, even with that token, like how many times has black people shot up a school? Like it's just it's you not it's not in our nature, and and we continue to be gaslit. In this country, mm-hmm. like we continue to be gaslit yeah. every single time. And it, it's so frustrating 
you know, listening to I was listening to another podcast called Things Fall Apart, which is about things fell apart, about where things in the listen in, to, you listen to that one. Yeah. But was, the fact, he's I listened to a podcast called Things Fall Apart and things actually fall apart. <laughs> it was like, you know, they went back in history to find the ripple effects from when these cultural wars started, like when when books started getting banned, getting banned or mm-hmm. things like that. And just listening to how gaslighting, like especially they did one with the. Did y'all see the girl who um, the the remember a couple of years ago in Texas somewhere there was this, and I think they may have talked about it in South Lake too. There was this um, group text message where they were selling the black kids. The white kids were like selling the Placing black the kids. Value system on them, yeah, and, yeah. and like um, and whatnot. And I was listening to them. You know, they they talked to the girl that was in the chat. Uh, that they talked about and listening to what she was saying about her experience and just being like gaslit. And then the, you know, the parents start showing up at the school board meeting and being like, you know, this says this, it makes my child uncomfortable. Okay. And like being uncomfortable is a part of life. Like I'm uncomfortable all the time. Not so much anymore. Actually, funnily, the only place that I am comfortable and I didn't realize it until I got back on, got back on campus this past two weeks the only place where i feel like i'm not being judged and i don't have anything to fear and like nobody's watching me is when i'm at southern university literally i didn't realize it until i went back on campus and was mm-hmm. like oh shit i miss this feeling right amongst amongst your own people exactly like nobody checking on me nobody doesn't think that i'm not supposed to be here juxtapose that to my mom had her last day at lsu she's been there for 25 years mm-hmm. um about a month ago and I went up there for her last day right before I went to Houston the last time uh, to say, you know, good, yeah, no, it was a great time Bye. to yeah. say <laughs> goodbye yeah. to LSU, you know, because I grew up on that campus, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she worked in the union and just like getting out of my car and walking and, you know, seeing people feeling, look at me. Yeah, feeling a little, I was like, ugh, like but how you, know, you black and go to school here? But, you know, yeah. when that when you talk about like conforming or at least being being a safe Negro or a safe immigrant, you know, like the Asians and, you know, some other some other actual ethnic groups. If you I remember when I was working at the Apple store, they told me, you know, you got to pick one. You know, you're bearded. Mm-hmm. Your, your voice is a bit deep. You got tattoos. Yeah. You know, you, you're not very palatable or we, you don't you don't seem approachable to everyone. And I'm just like, well, I, you know, what, what what am I to do with that? So, mm-hmm. I mean, when you talk about these these hate groups talking about, you know, targeting HBCUs, mm-hmm. you got to think about what Malcolm and Martin were talking about. What did Martin say? He wanted to acquiesce. He wanted to come to the table, even though they were probably going to feed you BS. Mm-hmm. Right. Malcolm said, well, we would rather just go over here. Yep. Leave us alone. Yeah. Now, what would you prefer? <laughs> but they won't leave us alone and they won't let us be at the table. Right. That's, and so right. that that's the problem. It's not that Malcolm or Mike, Malcolm or either Martin were wrong. particularly wrong. It's that the you, you can't have. Yeah. You can't have either one. And if we, and it brings back. I'm sorry. No, go sorry. ahead. No, yeah. But it brings back this interesting thought, though. Right. We talked about this last year, in one of our earlier podcasts. Yeah. We talked about the notion of what does America really have a place for us? Because no. it seems like we can't be on our own at our mm-hmm. own universities and institutions, minding our own fucking business. 
We can't be at your universities and institutions because we have to have these separate things. Like at LSU, they have the Black Student mm-hmm, Union, right? right. You right. have uh, like African American clubs and all this mm-hmm, other bullshit yeah. at those Pan-Hellenic. particular, <laughs> right? You have Greek organizations, right? Like you have that. all of that shit to kind of <laughs> say you need to be separated from our society and have your own thing. Yeah. Well, even when we have our own shit, we still get fucked with. We still get bothered, mm-hmm. and. Like you said beforehand, like it's almost like they just don't want us to exist. Right. Listen, listen, it's, 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 that's a hard topic to say. But if you look at historically and what is going on currently, anywhere where ethnic people and white people had to commingle, white people felt threatened and they mm-hmm. had to push them to the border of that land. When you think about Australia, do you think about the Aborigines or you think about the man who played Thor? Mm. Thor. It, that's yeah. my point. Yeah. So you, you go to South Africa. The predominant power structure there is are going to be the whites, the the, the Berbers, and everything well, like even, that. Not, so not anymore. Even the Native Americans. I'm, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get this one point out. In the Native Americans, to kind of piggyback off of your point, right? When America came here, their first notion was, "I." Right, so we gonna when America came here. Well, when the crackers when, came here. <laughs> <laughs> so when so when the whites came here on their yeah. boats, there was no there was no thought process of you know what. We're going to work with the people when we get there. We're going to see, hey, you know, is it cool for us to move in? You're right. And but do you know why, though? Listen. They're warm. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> They're warm. warm, 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 warm. <laughs> but I mean, if you if you have a skill or an asset. Right. And you come somewhere and they're actually doing something of value. You can work together. But if you ain't got a damn thing going on in your life and all you do is steal, rob and rape. What you going to do? Well, that's the argument that I was listening to a couple days ago was white folks have have made their thing um, or historically, I should say, have made their thing. Oh, we're here to culture people. Right. But the people that they were culturing, quote unquote, culturing had languages, had traditions, Mm -hmm. had food. Civilizing savages. Yeah. They were like civilizing savages. But wouldn't wouldn't be this. Wouldn't the savages be the one who were committing atrocities against people? Who were just out living their lives like they've convinced themselves that they were the righteous and true because, well, they just wanted to they just they just wanted to make these people lives better. Let's let's take a step back, because in your books, you write that when we showed up on their shores, they donned us with perfumes and spices. That wasn't because they liked you. That was because you smelled, you bad, smelled bad because you didn't know how right. to take a bath because you right. were drinking the you same were, water. You were that primitive. You, you were primitive. Exactly. People. You were, you were drinking the water ass and then <laughs> you were shitting in a bucket. And throwing it into the river that you drink water from, like even I'm as a two year, like as a five year old, they don't I wash did, their legs in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> that was an argument. Y'all that's remember a, that? That's a recent yes, argument. That was, that that's was a recent argument. Let it run down. Let man. it run down. Yeah, that was a, you don't, don't no, wash them between your toes. That was <laughs> like no wonder your feet always look dirty and walk here at Walmart. <laughs> that was summer. <laughs> that was summer of 2021. So like, not much has changed. But you're they're they're not. They, they're not the cultured people of the past that we would like to believe. Even they, and I'm gonna say this, y'all, y'all, it's petty, but I'm gonna say it. Mm-hmm. They never had no fucking swag. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was thinking about how all, how all like ethnic ethnicities dance in a beautiful way, right? Mm-hmm. You got if you go look at Armenians and Iranians and yeah. Indians and the way that they dance, and you go to Africa, the way that we dance to celebrate, and you go to you know you go to Asia and China, now, the Italians do, the, the Italians, Italians, the Greeks do, because that's because they have black blood. Exactly. But let's talk about what what dance was exported from you know France and England. 
the fucking waltz. Have you ever tried to dance the waltz? It has no swagger whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I ain't doing that shit. And it's probably the only dance I could do with these rusty ass knees. Like, I'm just saying. Like, Not even 40. Th- yeah, like it, it's just there's nothing, there's nothing nice about white culture, uh, quote unquote white culture. Right. And the idea that you civilize the world by murdering people who had languages, traditions, music, art, and all these things that make something a a a culture and a nation is just Ridiculous. Last point. I th- I think I think they realize that they are naturally not in accordance with every other living being mm-hmm. on this planet, mm-hmm. and I sincerely mean that. And to my white friends and white listeners, please don't take this personally. It's mm-hmm. just only about the other half of you. And I think we have to we have to remember what we're responding to. Right. right. We're responding to. This whole conversation started because yeah. white people, neo Nazis, were calling in the black and historical universities for bomb threats just for the idea of disrupting that process, right? right? The same way you disrupted the process of the, the election, right? And it just kind of is what it is. Your thing is disrupting processes. But, but I mean, do, do you guys feel like this whole this whole thing is about, last point, no <laughs> <laughs> ceremony, I got you, give me 15 seconds. Does this feel like that point in Glorious Bastards when he asked the, the soldier, when you get home, are you going to take the uniform off? And mm-hmm. he said, yes, he said, I'm going to burn it. And he said, we don't like that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give you something you can't take off. Mm-hmm. So it feels like we're in the matrix all the time. We don't know who's the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that's, and that's it's disconcerting because you're always on edge with everyone. So what do you do? Gotcha. All right. So let's go and get to our topics of today. Uh, first up is going to be uh, Joe Rogan and Spotify. <laughs> This is what I've been waiting to talk about, guys. Well, then start it off, my guy. So we've all been seeing the uh, the most recent happenings with Spotify and um, the recent conversations about censorship. Yeah. In particular, their response to uh, the batshit crazy shit Joe Rogan says and his commentators on his podcast have been saying. So recently, a musician, famous white musician, I don't really listen to the shit that he makes. Neil, Neil Young. Young. I Neil thought Young. that nigga was dead. I ain't gonna front. Me too. Like, I thought he had we been need dead. some more relevant whites dead. to do this. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's Taylor Swift? But Joe, <laughs> he recently had his music pulled from uh, Amazon, not Amazon, from Spotify. There's yeah. another black artist. I think it was India Ari. India Ari also had her music pulled for don't Joe Rogan's uh, use of the <laughs> N-word in the compilation video somebody made for them. So, do y'all feel like it's Spotify's responsibility per se to kind of like curb no. racist talk and also to curb like misinformation when it comes to uh, like uh, coronavirus? No, but you're responsible for who you give a platform to, yep. right? And Joe Rogan is the worst type of of White. political oh. pundit that I that. For me. And it's because, number one, he likes to pretend that he's not a political pundit and that he thinks that both sides are ridiculous, um, which is just not true. I'm sorry. I'm not. A, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a Democrat. I typically vote Democrat, yeah. but I wouldn't call myself a Democrat. The, ex, the extremes the when you compare the extremes of leftism versus rightism, particularly in America, because extreme leftists would be Nelson Mandela, who was blowing shit up. In the in the 50s, 60s and 70s. Right. Mm-hmm. That would be an extreme leftist. Right. But you can't say that AOC being an extreme leftist because she wants universal health care. She wants a Green New Deal. She wants to take care of the planet Earth 
is the same as COVID misinformation or neo-Nazis or uh, people calling in bomb threats, which is what the extreme right is. And so he's one of those people that tries to, well, I'm going to have a person who believes I'm going to have Jordan Peterson on my show. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have Jordan Peterson on my show. And then I'm going to follow it up with Sanjay Gupta, you know, who right. is a, who is a, a, a medical professional talking about the vaccine. Those are not two the same thing. No. And you can't pretend that you're you're giving information equally. And the, the Chads and the Brads and the frat bros who listen to who listen to um, what's his name? That's, that's Joe, Joe, Rogan. Joe Rogan. Who listen to Joe Rogan are not like. Are so, not they're not learning the right thing. They're not thing. vetting. They're not exactly. vetting the information. Exactly. And, but I also feel like there's a little bit of responsibility, like for Dave, right? We Dave all Chappelle? love. We all love Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is doing a world tour right now with Man, I was Joe just talking fucking about Rogan. Yeah, he was so, in New Orleans. Yeah. So, like, we look today for credible information. We look today for like the emotional side of like mm-hmm. major societal things when it comes to the black community. So it's like, how can we still really support Dave like that? Because Dave, that falls into like some Kanye West supporting Trump kind of bullshit. Not, not particularly. Okay, yeah, so, so I, here's, I, I mean, agree, here's, yeah. my, here's my follow back. Spotify is a business, right? Right. Do you do you take your personal interests or your personal morals against the actual effect of your bottom line? I mean, I wouldn't, but I also would want to avoid the PR nightmare because think how about is it, it a PR nightmare? They, they okay, look. They're gonna keep him on. He has a contract for another three to four years, right? Mm-hmm. Boom. The other end of that is they aren't they aren't letting regular subscribers cancel their subscription for music. So problem solved. Hey, go on vacation for two weeks. Make a uh, make an announcement saying that you know you don't really care about you know. Well, I, I apologize for what I said. I didn't mean it. You took out of context. Boom. Whether they forget about it or not. I was looking, listening to the Joe Budden podcast here. Uh, the two opposing views was, you know, do we have enough spending power as consumers to to make a change and say, hey, well, you know, uh, we don't like this. You know, something mm-hmm. should happen. Well, honestly, as consumers, we do. But we're mm-hmm. not we're not as a collective moving forward in that direction. But I feel like as consumers, we we shouldn't have to make these choices for your bottom line. Like with Spotify, if they were trying to come to us with the deal, they would probably have somebody listen to all of our previous content. They would then make a decision to say, okay, based on this previous content, we have a risk factor with picking you up. I think that Joe Rogan is not a mediocre white guy in certain areas. I think we have to compartmentalize that. He's not mediocre as a MMA fighter, right? I, no, I he's he's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Now, as a comedian, he's he's mediocre. Yeah. Um, I, I, How does nigga get so many jobs though? I mean, this is the point. I, this is the point I'm trying to make. He's a mediocre white guy, right? He's, <laughs> right. he's, he's a he's mediocre white, white guy, and so he's going to think about <laughs> think, somebody put up on um, Facebook something I shared, and it was because I can't listen to Joe Rogan because the logic doesn't make any fucking sense, At right? Um, you, he, they were talking about hamburgers, right? It was a thing where the guy was like, uh, Joe Rogan says. Um, you know, don't you think hamburgers are made of pork because ham is in the name? The guest. No, hamburger it means hamburger because it comes from the hamburger of Germany. I don't think so. Hey, you know, fact checker dude, will you look it up? Um, yeah, I'll look it up. It's hamburger. It's it's beef. Guest, it's it's beef. Joe Rogan. Well, can we really trust the people who make it to say that it's not pork? Because we know that, like, that is not that. This is your this Chad, is your thinker. Brad. Yeah, this is your mm-hmm. your forefront thinker, right? Now, granted, he he's really interesting because he pushes back 
on right wing people in a way that they'll tolerate. Like Candace Owens doesn't get as defensive when she's on Joe Rogan when she when he calls her on her bullshit, at least in the conversations that I've seen with those two. But he is not it's not an equitable conversations, the ones that he has. Because <laughs> it's not a a conversation that's rooted in deep thinking. And really. facts, right. It's like right, he'll, right. just like that hamburger situation, I remember specifically he had uh, a scientist on the show that was like, Yeah, people like children who received doses of the coronavirus vaccine. Joe Rogan was saying that they'll get the uh, the heart issue, the chronitis or yeah. some, some yeah. bullshit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the vaccine causes that. The the scientists are like, no, it's very rare that that happens. It's, but children who do get coronavirus yep. that don't have the vaccine typically form that. Right. And Joe's like, oh, no, I don't believe that. The scientific guy spit out the stats. His fact checkers found the information to yep. support the uh, scientist's claims. He said, well, I just don't believe it. Yeah. Well, what the fuck are you telling your loyal listeners to do when scientists say, hey, here's some science? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> right. Like, 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 well, you know, doing? take an Advil and hope for the best. Well, and he is, he is, because, and this is why, I'm y'all going to judge me again. This is why I think some people should have an elevated status when it comes to things, right? Yeah. Me and my, me and my friends who started this collective had the same thing, Right. If we were talking about because we want to build and you'll see where this goes, we want to build a culture of artists who are really good performers and, you know, have coaching. Mm-hmm. But and we want to make sure that they understand how to operate professionally. And we got started talking about writers and green rooms. And I was like, well, you know, if let's just say Tank and the Bangas come through and they want you, they want the green room to themselves, then they get the green room to themselves. Right. One of my homeboys is arguing, no, that's not how it's going to go with us because blah, 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 blah. It's like they got Grammys. Yeah, they mm-hmm. played Coachella. They get mm-hmm. to do certain things that you we're know not there. You are we're not qualified. There yet. For you are qualified for, qualified for it. Now, just because you have someone on your on your show who's a doctor of nutrition, mm-hmm. that is not the same thing as a doctor of medicine, an internist, an epidemiologist, or a biologist. Yeah. It's not the same thing. And so, just because someone has doctor uh, on their name, view, and and my cousin sent me a video of a lady. Who, who was a doctor, right? She was like an internist or whatever, but she had been reprimanded by her bo- by the, the board of whatever they sign on to to be doctors. She had been reprimanded twice for for disseminating disinformation to her patients. So why? And he was like, so I guess she's not credible either. No, she's not because yeah. she's got she has been reprimanded twice by the overseeing body of doctors for peddling information that she should not have been peddling. So right. why would I believe that now that she's talking about COVID-19 and the MRA and that yeah. mRNA vaccine, that she's now all of a sudden telling truth. She she doesn't have credibility to talk about that. Candace Owens doesn't have credibility to talk about climate change. But I just don't think that the climate is changing. Are you a geologist? Yeah, Are you a geographer? Are you a climatologist? And, Are you any of these things? And yeah. my thing is, like, it's so many unqualified people talking about shit that doesn't affect them. Like, why the fuck do white people have so much to say about coronavirus vaccinations? Mm. Like, for one, your your community is typically well taken care of in the yeah. medical community. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys typically don't have it, problems with getting proper health care, proper nutrition. You're not living in food deserts unless you poor and did being white wrong. Like, that's the <laughs> only time they run into particular problems. But they really are super concerned about that fucking jab. It's just like when they were super upset about having to wear 
wear seatbelts. I can't wait to talk to my dad later today and ask him, Dad, what was them crackers acting like when they had to get the polio vaccine? <laughs> Tell me about the polio vax, Dad. Well, whites going crazy. Yeah, son, a lot of them niggas was an iron well, if you, I if can't you, wait for them to tell if you me. Read, no, but you know. If you read some stuff back from the 1920s when Spanish flu came, right. it's the same thing. It was a whole bunch of non-black people saying, mm-hmm. it's not real. I don't want to wear a mask. I'm not socially distanced. And how long did that last for? Three years. Mm-hmm. It took three years for Spanish flu to get through. Mind you, Spanish flu killed like five million people. It may have been like Spanish flu is no joke. Polio, yeah. polio only killed 5,000 in America, right? Mm-hmm. Spanish flu was killing niggas everywhere, yeah. right? Like right. that shit was that shit was real, and even so, they were still like, no, no, <laughs> no. But you know, no. their pushback is like, well, just don't force me to do it. But and I think isn't that rugged individualism just so fucking stupid? Like, like they would rather mm-hmm. die than to be told. Speaking of, there is a great book called "Dying of Whiteness" that you should all read, and it's all about how white people choose policies. For based on it not helping other people, right? Yeah. So we don't want healthcare because we're afraid that Niggas those black folks are going to take advantage of the system, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want we don't want uh, free college tuition because we're afraid that black people are going to take advantage of the system. Well, not even that. Like, uh, there's a lot of white people in this state and the the, the neighboring state that don't vote their interests because one, yeah. they like. Sleeping with their sister, and then two—that <laughs> was rude. And then two, the education system is low, so they got low information. So, so it's like they don't have health care, and you ask them which would they prefer, mm-hmm. it's, 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 they're not there. But I mean, back to the Joe Rogan situation, they had a compilation video that came out it, that said he had said, you know, nigga, over, over seventy times, mm-hmm. and he had an apology. It's about five minutes long. He was he was giving context, and he was stating other black leaders and entertainers. And when they say that the word nigga and somehow was trying to pair it to having being the same context, he was talking about he he, he and his friend got a taxi or Uber to go see the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. And they happened to end up in a, in a black neighborhood and, and started saying, oh, well. You know, I guess we're you know we're in the hood, so we're in the planet. We're in, we're in the movie. I'd have stopped my Uber, and you'd have got out right then and started watching. You know, you know, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, are you, like, like, and what, in what reality does he think that anyone would take that? I, like, the, what, is, what is he talking about? It's the arrogance, like you said, the arrogance of white people, but also Bill you got to think, yeah, yeah, Bill Maher is on some bullshit as they well. They think if they interview you. And they somehow like you for whatever particular reason. You they nigga. That 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 gives them a pass to just because you know two or three black people mm-hmm. who you are okay with does not give you the right to do whatever you want up for the entire race yeah, I, of I, these people. I also think that's the the black folks that they have around them too that give them permission to do that. It's just like the white yeah. person that grew up around all black people and they've been saying nigga their whole life because they've been called it too. Like, dude, you gotta realize. That might be acceptable in that very small circle that mm-hmm. you run with, but as soon as you get outside of that bullshit, you call me a nigga. I'm not responsible for my hand punching your face. <laughs> yeah, I'm not responsible for fact. that shit. Like, I, a whole I, lot of feet. Oh yeah, I, I think Joe. Not Rogan, responsible. I think Joe Rogan is just another in a long line of people who shouldn't have made it past the um, 
street, the, the subway car level, right? right? Like, you know, the niggas who sit in subways and just say, he should sit. Yeah. Oh, fuck, you feel that. That's like, what he should be doing right now. <laughs> he, Beatles. But he somehow, and there have been some very credible people go on his podcast. You know, mm. Bernie Sanders has been on his podcast. Yeah. Kevin Hart has been on his podcast. Elon Musk. Elon Musk has, well, I don't like Elon Musk, but Elon Musk has I been like on his Elon podcast. Musk. Like, I, I don't like billionaires in general, but Elon Musk can eat a dick. Uh, but, did you know he's Pete Buttigieg's half brother? Elon Musk? Yeah. I had no idea. That's crazy, right? Yeah. That's not his half brother. Half brother, yeah, half brother or step brother? I forget. I wonder if he um, built uh, Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg does look like an android with, with like plasterous face. Yeah. Um, he actually looks like the the dude who played the rat in Harry Potter. You know what I'm talking about? No, nah, he, look, he looks yeah. like uh, the the main robot in iRobot with Will Smith. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. My nigga's put a wig yeah. on it. But <laughs> he shouldn't, but Joe Rogan shouldn't be. He shouldn't be taken seriously. But the problem is people think that doing research is listening to Joe Rogan and Googling a question on the Internet, which was the biggest frustration for me when talking about the covid misinformation. Mm-hmm. Like just because you understand that it's an mRNA vaccine. Like I watched this lady get on online and try and explain and a doctor like stitched it and was like, oh, no, that's not what happens. You know, this is what I actually have. Oh, I don't know what the it doesn't go into your brain. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it stays in your system forever. Well, we, that's impossible. If, if that was the case, then the flu would stay in your system forever or, yeah. you know, the cold would stay in your system forever. Yeah. It's, it's just not true. And so people think that they can. The Internet has made people think that they can take these super complex things and boil them down into a one and a half minute video mm-hmm. of you explaining shit that you you don't understand. And you granted, you may understand that particular thing. You may understand how mRNA vaccines will work. How does it affect your pulmonary system, right? How, what what happens to the lipids? What happens to your teeth? Like, these are all things when you start throwing out, there's other stuff. It's not just the vaccine. There are other things happening in your body and, and that lead up to or influence what happens with the vaccine. And so, I don't want to rant, but like, misinformation is a huge, huge sword in my thigh because it speaks to the arrogance of people to think that they can understand shit. That's like, I, I have this program on the computer in front of me right now, right? You can go watch a 10 minute video on how to use Pro Tools on on YouTube, yeah. right? Do you think you could ever make the podcast sound like I could in 10 minutes? No. No. But you think that you can explain how an mRNA vaccine works compared to a doctor who's worked in, in the medicine, medical industry for 20 years. But that but that leads along with personal responsibility with, with also... You know, we talk about broadcasters and we, and we attach right. that to people who do podcasts, which I think is very problematic <clears> because they this initially starts as a hobby and then it goes into a business. That doesn't necessarily mean you know the enough information to, you know, go about it the right way. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, you, you listen to Joe Budden and, and sometimes it's, it's hard to even fathom what he's saying because it's not factual. Right. It's all emotion. Right. And it's all opinion-based. And I yep. hate that. And I mean, and the only people who have a sense of clarity on that is Parks. Yep. <laughs> and, and, you know what I mean? And, 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 the, and the other gentlemen. So it's just like, I mean, it, there is personal responsibility, one with the actual podcast, and then also within the company they have these these contracts with. So, I mean, but also, I look at Spotify. It's a business. They're yeah. Gonna, they're they're, they're, they're going to lead with what's what's paying. Right. And yeah. their business is to focus on growing their subscriber base. Mm-hmm. Their, yeah. their focus is how do I make this the they're most profitable stay. thing ever. Mm-hmm. So they're going to they're gonna be that. But I also think about in business, because I'm pretty sure we all, we all run our own individual businesses, mm-hmm. right? Right. We like I do Turo and shit. Um, 
Christian, you got the fashion stuff going. Dexter, you have your um, what was it? Exa- you got the music going, and you mm-hmm. also have you the had arts, about five other yeah, things. The arts collective, and, and so yeah, we all got a general understanding of business. Right. One of the biggest things in business, though, is loss. Like people concern themselves with revenue in a major way, right? Spotify. Mm-hmm. You, a lot of times, people talk about earnings calls and shit. They typically talk about the revenue that's generated. Right. But when you talk about real business, your majority of your focus is going to be profitability. Mm-hmm. So if I can minimize my losses, that's what I'm going to fucking do. And that's what the vetting process should be coming in at. We should be focusing on how do we figure a risk factor for business that we take on. And Spotify should be doing the same exact fucking thing. Mm-hmm. You can't say that I'm going to take on Joe Rogan, but they couldn't comp- couldn't find that compilation video or make one of him saying right. nigga 71 times. Right. They could have did that themselves and understood the risk factor, the apology tour, but mm-hmm. they knew that they, they were going to keep those same subscribers, his core base that was going to keep them making uh, money. Good so. money. Yeah, off them advertisements. Yeah. But you still lose money on that apology tour. So, But, but they also decided that people would want to unsubscribe. From the listenership, from just basic basic content, and they turn that function off. So as I was mm-hmm. listening to that video, they said it could be a technical issue if it's for a couple of hours, but if it lasts for a day or more, that's a law. That's a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. It's a legal issue. So, I mean, they're they're covering their they're trying to cover their bases in a messy way, but I mean, we'll see. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and uh, take a look at our next topic here with uh, Brian Flores. And uh, also, we can take a, a look at affirmative action. Affirmative action. The dog whistle of racist. <laughs> I, 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 my, my, so it frustrates me because everybody's always mad at the rule, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's always mad at affirmative, affirmative action. And the Rooney rule specifically in the NFL says, which was instituted, I can't remember by which team. I'm Rooney. Um, yeah, his name is Rooney. I can't remember which team. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh yeah. Who says that if there is a head coach opening, and I don't know if they it's have, for they every have other interview. They have yeah, to interview a black, uh, a black candidate. But now, there's only one. But there's candidate. only one black coach, and it's at where that rule yep. was instituted. Well, <laughs> and and this is so it's a two part anger for me. Right, the first part is like you're angry that the rule exists. But not that someone had to put in a rule because they weren't interviewing black folks. Well, I just want somebody to be hired for the job, the best person for the job, man. Well, for 30 or 40 years, they weren't hiring the best person for the job. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is the NFL is 70 percent black. Yep. 70 percent black. Most of the coaches are former players. How is it possible that in a league of 70 percent black people? You don't have a head coach. You don't have a head coach that reflects a tenth of the percentage of the players that go on to retire in that sport. The math, the math ain't math in my guy. And so something is awry. And instead of instead of being like slavery, instead of being like that doesn't make sense. There should be more black head. Like just numerically, there should be more black head coaches and more black coaches in general. You don't look at that and say, oh, shit, that doesn't make any sense. If there's not more. Your thing is, why are they making people interview black coaches when there's other people who need the job? So the, and then the NFL treats treats its industry like it's not any other business. White people love telling that story of like, oh, I started off at this car wash as a washer. And then mm-hmm. I worked my way up to the car wash operator, then a manager, then mm-hmm. a director. Now I'm the owner. 
So it's like congratulations, okay. nigga. Like what? I don't. For, yeah. like, what the fuck they got to do on anything? But <laughs> but let's take that story to the NFL, right? We talk about these players that play prominent positions, like position of quarterback, position mm-hmm. of linebacker, the mm-hmm. position of safety. Those are pretty much all coach on the field positions, especially the center position too on the offensive line, right? Yeah. But somehow they're not being afforded these opportunities to rise through the ranking. Like you said, it's set a league of seventy percent black people. And it seems like with coaching, it's just a fucking carousel. It's not a lot of mm-hmm. first-time head coaches. A lot of folks, like, take Josh McDaniels. He was fired in Denver or something like that. I think he was mm-hmm. the head coach at Denver. Yeah. Now he has another head coaching gig. What has he done in the meantime to merit this over, like, the OC from uh, Kansas City or mm-hmm. Brian Leftwich and all these other guys you know who, who doesn't have the shot? You know who doesn't have this problem? White people. The NBA? Nope. Look at the NBA. NBA is about 85% black. Yeah. Look at the coaches in the NBA. Look at them. At least, I'm not saying that 85% of coaches in the NBA are white, but they got more, are black, but they definitely got more black people coach, yeah. head, in head coaching jobs who are mm-hmm. former players as well. So it, it, it's strictly a, an NFL, it's strictly an NFL issue. It was an NFL issue when Colin Kaepernick brought it up. It's an NFL issue with Brian Flores bringing it up. And they refused to acknowledge, although Roger Goodell did release mm-hmm. that statement saying, hey, actually, like, Y'all probably do need to hide niggas. Like y'all actually do probably need to do this. But, but is it? But it's, I, I think I think if you if you really break break it down to to bare bones, it's it's modern day slavery. You know, you have you have you have these monumental men who at their peak performance, you have these feeble creatures. You know, <laughs> they're directing them to, to you push. You said owners funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit, I mean, that's how I really feel. I mean, you got, I mean, you got this, you know, this, this feeble little man on the sideline yeah. telling you to push your body to the extreme. Mm-hmm. What does that remind you of? Slavery. So I'm saying, I will say, like one of the things that made me appreciate how hard coaching is is the fact that this year pushed. Sean Payton to retirement, like because looking at him. looking at that team, you know, with the most starters, that that team shouldn't have been able to sniff the playoffs. It should not have been able to even have the opportunity to make the playoffs. Yeah. And somehow, like through his coaching, and you see it with coaches like him and Mike Tomlin and um, oh, what's the dude in in the Rams name? Um, McVay, Sean McVay, and you see it with Bill Belichick. You see the importance of head coaching and and what it can do for a team. The issue is you have all of these people who aren't doing that. Like, granted, there's going to be better coaches than everyone else, but Brian Flores did that in yeah, Miami. like six of the last seven games. And they two, two winning seasons. Lovey Smith brought Chicago, Chicago to the yeah. Super Bowl. Jim Caldwell had a 14-win season with the Colts and lost his job, right? Like, it, the fact is that the the leash for for and, and when Brian Flores said it and then Hugh Jackson came and backed it up. Also, Herb, Herb Brown and Tony Dungy also did really well. Where are they coaching at now? Right. Exactly. Um, and so uh, somebody said it really well of, you know, they were they were trying to pay Brian Flores to lose games. Hundred thousand a game. I ain't heard that come from a white coach yet. You know why? Because if I pay you as a black man. To lose those games, you're just unhirable to somebody else. Like, look what you did. It's an integrity issue. Exactly. Meanwhile, like you mentioned, Josh McDaniels went to the Colts, went to went to Denver and lost, went to the Colts and left them high and dry to yeah. go back to the Patriots. And now somebody else is like, hey man, are you um you want to take a you job? You want to take a job? You're, a little, you're ready? You know, like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. 
And I'm I'm over it. Like Colin Kaepernick was right. I'm tired of black men and women having to sacrifice their careers mm. to get equality. Muhammad Ali had to do it. Colin Kaepernick has to do it. Um, Carl Lewis had to do it. Brian Flores is having to do it. Yep. And if you weren't good enough, Jim Brown did it. But he was so good that they couldn't take him off the field. Well, right? Charles Bennett, yeah. yeah. So I feel like the argument that we typically have, we talk about the NFL, though, but we don't talk about where the problem truly lies. Mm-hmm. And that's with owners, right? Yeah. So the owner, the NFL cannot force you. The only thing the NFL decided that they could do is actually say, you got to interview black folks. We can't force mm-hmm. you to hire them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the owners that don't want to hire folks. Mm-hmm. And even in situations like we talk about all the successful uh, situations with black coaches. Yeah. Think about the Houston Texans that literally royally screwed that guy that they just hired for one year. One, what, three or four games and if then they, they fired him. With the, without his number one quarterback. Right. And trading away DeAndre Hopkins. Like, right. And J.J. Yeah. Watt. Like, so you got rid of all of his talent and said, all right, go in with what we have on the field, which was already a bad product with mm-hmm. those great players on it. So the ownership is a part of the problem. And then also the viewership piece, too. Right. Mm-hmm. We've known the NFL has been a racist league for a very long time. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. I'm old. Well, they employ so many black people. No, they pick them because they are the best. It's not like they're doing mm-hmm. charity work like, hey, Michael Vick. It's an actual we just found yeah. you, Right. We just found you in the ghetto, but we want you to come run this Atlanta team. Put that dog to the side, Michael. <laughs> come on, man. Come on, man. You know what I mean? It's just so, a pit. So I say this, right? There's been two startup leagues that have, for one, the XFL had a lot of fucking penetration before the uh, fan penetration. Yeah. Pause. Uh, they had a <laughs> lot of uh, fan penetration from taking, you know, fans away from the NFL when they started the league back in 20. 20- Shut up. It's <laughs> <laughs> a liability right there. <laughs> when they started the but league in 2020. On the scene. So they had a lot of. <laughs> They had a lot of fan growth in 2020. But really? then, of course, yeah. Pause. A lot of San Ant- <laughs> The San Antonio games were all sold out. The Birmingham games were at like 75, my bad, yeah. 75 to 80% capacity. A lot of those teams that they had, they had a lot of sellout games. Oh, man, just. My bad, my bad. <laughs> my bad. But I get, I get excited about this because while we look at this as like, yo, the NFL is screwing over these folks, we are finally all acknowledging it like, damn, the NFL might not be the place for black folks. Right. Well, there's the USFL, which mm-hmm. which is starting up as a spring league. They hired Kevin Sumlin as a head coach, and I think they might mm-hmm. have one other black head coach, too. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure those leagues might not cost that much for a billionaire black person like a Kanye West of the world, the Jay-Z's of the world, Mm -hmm. the Diddy's of the world to purchase a team. You get what I'm saying? You wouldn't even need to do that, right? Let's just say, let's just say everybody on the Saints who's black was like, we're going to start a team. Each of us has equal ownership. Let's go. And then three Three to five teams did that. But them niggas ain't that smart. They studied in general studies. I'm saying, but it could yeah. be. It's, no it's, po- it's possible, right? If, if all the if all the <laughs> if all the people who were on teams, the, the Packers who were black, were like, you know what? We just not going to sign contracts. We just going to start that- our own league and we going to own our teams. You think you know how easy like getting that off the ground would be if let's just say um, who's a good black quarterback. Lamar Jackson went to uh, NBC and was like, hey. We all the black players, the whole team. In fact, it doesn't just have to be black players. We're moving away from the NFL, and we're going to stay as a team unit. 
and we're going to start our own team and we're going to play against all the other NFL teams, quote unquote. Do you, do you know how I'm, I'm going to be honest with you? Do you know how much insight and, and, yeah, and, and how much information they would have to retain I mean, in order to get there? You I act like, they, you act like these like men this. don't have businesses and people to do I, things no, for them outside not, of. That's my point. Yes. You have people to, to do it for them. Yeah. I, I don't, me personally, my opinion, mm-hmm. if they had to think on their own. I don't know. There's some people who can't read, but I think in the NFL. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> like, Come on, man. Now. man R. But R. Kelly made the, all the pits and he couldn't read a damn That's true. Thing. But he sure <laughs> wrote them. He sure wrote them things rhyming, um, rhyming serious with delirious. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, if they did that, if, if, the, if they decided to do that, so many sponsors would leave the NFL so quickly to go where the players are. Like if they could get the infrastructure down to be able to do that. I mean, the NFL has TV contracts and all of that. And I don't know if they're exclusive or whatever, but imagine if they did that and were like BET, will give you the cut on that. Right. I mean, although BET is not by black people anymore. The, the problem yeah. with that piece though, is for one, black people are not a monolith. A lot of those players and a lot of our biggest things, you ever notice like anytime there's a draft day or some shit like that, no, you good. I keep fucking moving. <laughs> but y'all, y'all ever notice that draft day? We always say the same thing. Like, God damn, that's a lot of white women. <laughs> like, God damn, that's a gaggle of them. Like, we we always say that because for one, we're not a monolith. A lot of those guys too are also supporting their entire family, so yeah. their dreams and their hopes are tied into that Making second it. contract. Right. So Lamar I mean, Jackson is still on his first contract. He's up for forty million dollars, but he ain't signed that yet. I mean, you could you could make the argument that if players really wanted to, they could press, they could easily press the owners of the NFL to do whatever they wanted. Yeah. The point is, a lot of them are scared of the ramifications because you have to do it as a unit, right? Like you left Colin Kaepernick out there by himself, and granted, Colin Kaepernick was right, and history proves, and will have to prove. That Colin Kaepernick was right, but the NFL owners made that that a fucking like task for Colin Kaepernick. And matter of fact, he won millions of dollars because of the blacklisting deal. Him and Eric Reed, I believe, both won their cases. Yep. And so, like, you can you can do it, but you have to do it as a as a unit. Okay, but then that further lets me know and proves to me that we are not ready. That's why I think it's easier for the approach to be, okay, there's these new leagues, these new leagues that are coming out, and America is football crazy. True. America will watch football from January 1st to December 31st if we could successfully. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, and all these leagues are being created, like, why don't we get to the next generation, that next mind, those kids? For one, we got our kids coming home to HBCUs. Yeah, they come to HBCUs. So we already got part of that down pat. The next thing is, how do we get these kids to go to a league in which after you finish your professional career, you'll have an opportunity in coaching. You'll have an opportunity Mm -hmm. to be a GM. Those opportunities come from us supporting a league and getting black people to buy teams. Like the USFL might not sound sexy to a Diddy or to a Hove or to a Yay or to Brian Allen, Byron Mm -hmm. Allen, I think that's his name, Byron Allen, like all those millionaires and billionaires, but what sounds great is for one, where we go, the we'll, money follows. Yeah, and we'll be respected. We'll be respected. And like value. you're an owner yeah. of this team. You're not waiting on 32 old ass white men to say, okay, nigger, here's your shot. You're going to take over the Texans well, and release the whole team. The problem <laughs> you is, gotta start with free agents. the problem <laughs> is in the NFL, the only way to buy a team is mm-hmm. for the owners to approve you buying the team. Mm-hmm. So just because you have the money, 
doesn't yeah. mean that you can actually get the team. And that's where that's where the problem lies. They have to vote on that shit. And I believe it has to be unanimous if I'm not tripping, uh, which is why when um, when the, the Carolina Panthers came up and Diddy mentioned that he was uh, that he was interested, they were like, no. Remember, Donald Trump started the USFL because they would not let him buy a franchise because even back then the owners were like, Nah, bro, we can't have you working around all these niggas. Like, we can't. You two racist for that. Um, there have been other prominent people. What's the dude? Uh, Larry, the dude who owns... Um, David? No. God, no. <laughs> Come on, bro. Uh, Come I think on, they... Like, I, Oracle, Oracle? Really? The dude who owned Oracle? Um, like, the Oracle Arena stuff? I can't remember his name. But he wanted to buy a team. And they were like, no. No. You can't. We don't like you like that. And so, that's the real reason. And the, and the third thing is, who hires the commissioner? The owners, yep. yeah. right? So even though da- Roger Goodell, I was about to say David Stern, that's NBA, but even though Roger Goodell, <laughs> um, you know, has taken some stances, he's not going to do that without the some kind of implied permission from Larry the NFL. Ellison. What's his name? Larry Ellison. Larry Ellison thank you. Um, is that the dude who owns Oracle? Yeah. I did have it right, Larry something. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not. They, even though he's taken some stands on some things, believe me. He did not take those stands without passing it by the yeah. NFL owners and yeah. of receiving their permission for, okay, it's okay to say this or we don't want to give this tone or whatever. I mean, so, it's pretty, in, in a sense, it's pretty much just a private club. Yeah. It's a private yeah. club. The owners have a thousand percent say and nothing will change until we get our own mm-hmm. league, which I hate to say it's super viable right now. Like, there has never been a well outside of the civil rights time. I mean, when, when a lot of black folks didn't have money, we have yeah. a lot of access to wealth. Mm-hmm. And also people, especially our own people, are super interested now in ownership stakes. That's why we're seeing a lot more black entrepreneurship. We're seeing a lot more uh, black pride and a lot more people, like I said, flocking to the HBCUs. Mm-hmm. We just kind of kind of ride that wave. Like Brian Flores, he sacrificed his NFL career. Colin Kaepernick sacrificed his NFL career. They should be pushing folks like Dwayne Johnson. Kind of a nigga, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. The yeah. Rock. He's mixed. Like yeah, he owns, uh, I think he's a majority owner of the XFL. Yeah, right? he is. So he is. with with that, you got a black league owner. Let's put some money into getting these teams. The fan bases are already there. Dude, the San Antonio games where they were playing in the Alamo Dome mm-hmm. were sold out. Mm. There's an interest for it. We can do it. Yeah, yeah. we can do it. So in 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 um, so just real quick, are y'all pro affirmative action or against affirmative action? I am pro. I'm. Pro, it, it, but it, it, it depends mm. upon what we're talking about. I think four acres and a mule, uh, or 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 uh, or the identity, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Every man in, gets in, a white uh, woman. Interracial marriages, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiger Wool. But I, I mean, I mean, you know, yes, yes. It just depends upon the the circumstance and the field we're looking mm-hmm. at. I am I am pro um, because y'all not. You ain't going to pull the wool over my eyes. Y'all said it's another example of remember in 2013 when they repealed the Civil Rights Act, where if you wanted to change a voting law, you had mm-hmm. to send it up to be approved by the by the United States. Somebody. I don't I remember who it was. And they repealed that law. And look at what's happened to because the United States said, oh, you know, that was so long ago. We're yeah. ready. And now look what they've done. Right. <laughs> they have gone ham on voting rights law. So you're not going to convince me. That if you remove the barrier, if you remove affirmative action requirements, whether it be in colleges, whether it be in workplaces, whether it be the ruling rule in NFL, you're not going to convince me that you're going to do the right thing because you want it removed so that you no longer have to be accountable for that thing. I mean, my thing is 
it's kind of like what Christian said on a couple podcasts ago when it comes to like socialism. Mm-hmm. Like I believe affirmative action in thought is good, but I think as it's being applied currently, it's it's not being effective because the white power structure in place is not going to allow like the best candidates to get hired. For mm-hmm. example, take the Supreme Court situation going on right now, right? So many people are focused on Damn, Biden says he's just going to put a black woman in there. That's an insult. If you're a white man, you don't even need a plot. No, because none it's, of your accolades right. will match up to this black woman's accolades. No, well, no other person is going to fit this job. It wasn't a problem. It wasn't a problem with Amy Comey Barrett. It wasn't a problem with Amy Comey Barrett being on the Supreme Court as a white woman. Like, mm. wasn't a problem. But as soon as that that adjective is put there a black woman all of a sudden putting a black woman on the supreme court is a problem yeah. i do love i will say i do love the conspiracy right now that, that joe biden is going to put kamala harris on the um supreme court and then he's going to choose mitt romney as his running mate because of course we, we would all vote for a 79 year old white man who would be replaced by a republican like mm-hmm. like like that makes sense i think no. i think just like um Jackson State been doing some flipping. I think Mitt's prime for a flip. When his, his dad was a Democrat for a very long time, mm-hmm. and a lot of his family that was involved with politics were Democrats too. I think Mitt's yeah. due for a flip. I can see him flipping from Mormon to Amy Methodist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But so I long mean, fried rice, hello fried chicken. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, bro, when it comes to affirmative action, I just I just don't know. man. I feel like it it's a great law to have on the books and it does allow us to get our foots in the door for the interview. But it's just like the Rooney rule. Like, hey, we interviewed you. We already know the white man that we're going to put in here. We're just kind of right. putting we're your uh, your for... resume in that special file. Right. I guess trash. Just, trash. <laughs> it, bring, it just brings the question is the fact that it's a non sincere thing matter because maybe, you know, you get in the door and you actually impress, you know, people. Um, maybe, but who knows? I'm for it because to be against it would mean that nobody even has the shot to present themselves right. and 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 their ideas and abilities. Um, but it keeps the the black job rate super low. You know that we always gonna have a lower un- a higher unemployment rate than than white folks simply because the NFL won't hire niggas. Yeah, yeah, like simply mm-hmm. because. What's next, y'all? Shit, that's it, man. That's it. Have, this is the first podcast. I'm gonna get a round of applause, y'all. This is the first podcast we have ever made it through all of the topics. Yes, all yeah. of them. All of them, guys. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Oh yeah, oh yeah. God damn it, god damn it. Round of applause cut short. We got one more thing, y'all. It's a short one. What's the short one? What is it? Golly. All right, we got the joint of the week. So uh I guess you can go and do your quick takes on that. Want to go first? I don't know. What am I, what am I listening to currently? Uh, Saba just released a new project. Um, His last album was amazing. It really was. I like the uh, the rollout, the the artsy rollout that he's doing for it. Like, yeah, it I, really I liked good. I liked the one previously. Me, I put Jab on that one. He was like, "Thank you." I was like, "I'm trying to tell you, bro." <laughs> Chicago, Chicago got some artists that aren't always talking about shooting people, but um, uh, but that's it. Come on, man. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, TV shows. I'm still, I'm still watching Ozark and Mister In Between. So, okay, man, I ain't gonna hold you. <clears throat> After I'd heard, I've listened to this song like probably thirty three times, thirty four times. Yeah, I feel like, like, oh yeah, 
Fuck it. I mean, they got the best algorithm systems of all time. Oh, man. man. See, he's so done taking take a more high this, ground. They got this kid called Jordan Ward. Yeah. He was Jordan. A, he was the backup dancer for Beyonce, and um, he was the lead bugaboo on Homecoming. Wait, what? Yeah. The singer? Yeah, Jordan Ward. Yeah, he was okay. the yeah he was the lead bugaboo. No, oh, homie, homie can really sing. He can. Like yeah. this this song he just dropped recently makes me want to move to California and live on the beach. It's called <laughs> Lil Baby Crush. Joe goes hard, bro. Like it, it's a nice like. Um, it kind of reminds me a lot of uh, what's what's your buddy's name that I listen to all the time. Burhana. Burhana. That's my dog. Bro, he re- that song sounds like something that Burhana would have done or something Burhana passed on. But it, it's mm-hmm. a really good record. It's called Lil Baby Crush. Yeah, if you want to me. If you want to just have something that's like up tempo, kind of make you get a little small groove, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're gonna do a little yeah. chair dance to yeah. that's then that's yeah. the that's the record I've been listening to. As far as shows go, dog. That uh that Pam and Tommy show on Hulu about Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee, mm-hmm. dog, that's a pretty good show. I ain't watched Seth that. Rogan is the like Best Jewish actor of all time, next to Larry David. I love I, that's, that's, that's like that's my like favorite Jewish, Jewish actor. actor. I don't know. Isn't Julia Louise Dreyfus Jewish? She is. Yeah, that might that's be uh, Elaine from, yeah, Se- Elaine might from be. Seinfeld. She might be the one. Now she's still number three because that's you know Larry David. I don't that's know the, Selena Myers. Yeah, Larry bro. David. He's the top. He's something. Yeah. Selena Myers is is what's the what's the other what's the other Jewish guy that always plays in Spike Lee's movies? Um, you talking about the one that said did do the right? He was in do the right thing. He yeah. played Remy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport. He's not Jewish. He's just white <laughs> with red curly hair. He's no. like gin- he's not ginger juice. He's no, and, uh, exactly. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He always sweating in everything he plays. In. Oh wait, yeah. Because yeah, he's, he's thinking about the concentration camps. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf's not Jewish. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf's from Lafayette. <laughs> um, <laughs> who would you got next? So songs, I am um I am obsessed with Gibeon's This Ain't Love. That's such a good song. He's so phony. Oh, don't do this. Ooh, so many hoes he has. He does have he does have <laughs> hoes. I'll give him that. And then yeah. that that Mooney Love, Money Long song. Yeah. Yours, mine, ours. That song just goes, I could do this for hours. That shit goes He's so hard. Yeah, that shit, that shit goes so hard. I be getting in my spirit when that come on. I can do it too. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then John yes. And then TV shows. Y'all gonna y'all gonna be upset, but I am on my fourth watch of New Girl right now, and okay. it is such a great funny show. Especially when Jess isn't there, she's like the worst character ever. Um, but that is such a hilarious show <laughs> that that I, I in the last in the finale the last two minutes of that show the funniest scene of any show I've ever seen in my life and y'all know mm. I've seen a whole bunch of TV shows. No, you don't. That hey, is man, yes, you I have. Like Kirby enthusiasm. I don't. It's not funny. It, it has funny, funny moments. It's, it's not funny. It's, it has funny moments. It's not funny. Mayor of Kingstown with Jeremy Renner, really good. Okay. So on uh, Paramount Plus. Oh wait, I'm sorry, I forgot. Abbott Elementary. Oh yeah, I love Abbott. Abbott Elementary yeah. is yeah. the shit. I ran into Quint to be back in the day when she. Oh, he got money. Them skits like that was the that was Southside the shit. Southside is good too. Southside, Southside is great. Yeah. Hey, the best scene in that show is the fuck Coretta Scott King nah, with, 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 with Lay on the porch. <laughs> the people like, wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> that show is fantastic. Hey, if you haven't got the chance to watch it, can it's we on HBO. all agree? 
Black people, we're saying this just for you. White people, put, cover years. Cover years, white people. Can we all agree that Grand Crew is the worst fucking show of all time? Oh, my God. Is that the one on Fox now? I don't know what it's on. It's on the same network, I believe, as Abbott Elementary. And they they were like, it's like the new generation of Friends. Niggas hate Friends. Why would yeah, you say no, that? That like, show is so terrible. Actually, I can't say I hate Friends. I but hate this, it. bro, the show is like, it was... A show for black people written by white people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Like they would add an AH at the end of nigga. That's, that's <laughs> the way it sounds at the end of the day. If it ain't written by Issa Rae, I ain't watching it. Or Queen to be. Watch it because I want these folks to keep having a job, but by God. They gotta get better jobs. Show. They gotta get better jobs. But Ooh, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. It's on something. That shit is awful. It needs to not be on TV. That shit needs to be on YouTube. Yes. For free. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that's another yeah, show. Yeah, Michelle that's... Obama was on the first episode. I've lost connection with that show though. Yeah. You yeah. saw Michelle got her teeth done. What? Yo, chill out, bro. She did. What you y'all mad at she, got the, she got the incisors. She got the incisors filed down. Yeah. You can't she say didn't... that. What? Well, you the mad first at black her... lady, bro? Bro, she got her teeth done. They look, look like nice. Teeth now. No, they look like regular ones. They don't, bro. They're the size of that front door. <laughs> no, she didn't get the fabs, bro. She didn't get the fabs. She got the good. She got the good can one. We not, can we not? Can we not end our episode bashing Michelle Obama? I would like I'm to not, not bro, bashing her. I'm not he bashing her. She got her teeth done. I'm not mad. I love it. Now when she smile, like she don't do that thing that Barack. I still want to Barack. I still want a job. If you looking, I, I still want to work for you, my guy. Like let's make that happen. <laughs> hey, y'all y'all know sure. Michelle was the type growing up. Whenever she was smile, she just cover up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't laugh at that, Mr. Obama. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Again, so um, thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for listening to us, man. Again, guys, please like uh, like us on Instagram. Give us a follow on IG. Give us a like on Facebook. Give us a follow. Make sure you guys are tuning in on wherever you listen to podcasts. Look for Ain't Gonna Hold You Podcast. And also, AintGonnaHoldYouMerch.com. That's where you can't... Can, that's where you guys can support us by looking just as fly as we do with the gear that we have. Yep. Ain't gonna hold your podcast. Yep. Uh, we'll be seeing you guys next week. Peace.